Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Good evening, Khuyanand. Mulwini and a hearty welcome to the Shahida Kali show. Altaid Lakarumir Tavi is always good to speak with you. And you know, after the, lo- the long absence, it's like, oh man, it's like coming home and I'm excited to be on the air. Nasir was saying, you can't wait to be on the air. I said, no, I can't wait to be on the air and chat with my people. <laughs> so here in the studio, I have Amin Mohammed with me. So let me greet Amin. Assalamu alaikum and welcome to the program. Well, so listeners, you will know, you will know that Amin Muhammad and I will be focusing on um, drugs, drug addiction and various aspects of it. And so we would like to invite you to actually send us um SMSs, messages, comments, if you'd like. We haven't really done it right in the beginning of the programs, but we'd like to do that because we have a few more programs in which we would want to see, perhaps we need to do a little bit more of a Q&A type of thing. Um, you're welcome to do that. Be a part of the program on the SMS number 47913. That's 47913. You type in VOC and then a space and your message. Also, you are able to get in touch with us on the landline number 021-442-3530. But for you to remember that that would bring you live on the air of the Voice of the Capes Community Radio. So for now, let's start our program. I'd want to um, just get a sense of where Armin is at and, and perhaps what would be the ideal focus bef- while we're waiting on your messages to come through. Um, Armin, just your thoughts right now at this moment. Assalamu alaikum warahmatullahi wabarakatuh. You know, Shahida, uh, I just want to say that I've had quite a busy day today and Part of my being busy was that every Sunday I visit a non-registered, non-government uh, rehab center mm-hmm. in Skarpskral. Mm-hmm. And I hope that all the young boys there and people there involved are listening into this program. And, you know, I go there every Sunday and I speak to them about how successful they can become, you know, if they can only but you know appreciate life and sort of what life throws back at you if you sort of like appreciate it in its totality and so on mm-hmm. so i just i went around there and i spoke to a couple of people and you know the one thing that comes out always is they don't have what they call an Afrikaans man, mm-hmm. you know, they've got nothing tangible that they can sort of hold on. Mm-hmm. And I can sort of like relate to that because I've been there. And, um, and so I think I just wanted to speak about that total despair, that emptiness, that void, you know, that, 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 uh, the addict sort of like feels. And, and, and why, why we allow ourselves to sort of like, be implicated in that type of void and, and and nonsense and so the thing here is is it us or is it them on the other side or what are we doing to contribute to that particular void and how I you know took 
a, a charge and said, no, 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 this is not about them on the other side. This is about me and, and what I'm doing in this big equation of causing myself to be sort of like marginalized and, and sort of, you know, um, like when people tell me, Lupos can you know for you, fully know somebody or prati, you know, just that emptiness that, you know, you know, that, that you are being filled with, your know, hopelessness, all these other negative things. What did I do? And the important thing is, what did I do in contributing towards that? Okay, and I think it's a, it's really, really an important program because we, you know, what we're looking at is we probably have two more programs that we're going to be focusing on in this segment of, you know, aspects of drug abuse. Last week, um, Amin had spoken about attitude and how um, having a, a bad attitude will hinder the process of becoming better and, and maintaining sobriety. So I think tonight like you say there is this emptiness and the void and often people describe it as I feel lost but what you're also saying and I think we need to speak about what it feels like to feel like that that people can identify with that but also to move it to what would be the intervention you're mentioning already that the intervention largely is dependent on you and you um, changing that you filling mm-hmm. you can select what you're going to put there mm-hmm. you know to fill the void and and I mean I would like for you to perhaps let's start off with the one let's check out time and we will move to the intervention mm-hmm. in my mind I already have a good sense of where you would go to but just what it feels like when you have the sense of emptiness and how that almost encourages you to continue to drug mm. because I think what happens is the drug f- the drug fills the void that's correct yeah you know you know certain people um, you know um, you know do drugs because it becomes like a recreational type of thing other people do it because they are in total pain and when you become like a full-blown addict then you sort of take drugs to sort of like ease and stem the pain. Um, it becomes, it, at first it is recreational, but as we go on, you know, it becomes, I'm not trying to sort of like stem the pain. Um, you know, I don't, I don't sort of like come out of that particular comfort zone and so on. But the, talking about the emptiness, you know, and that void of not being accepted back into society, here we are at this rehab, whether it's now a, 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 a non-governmental organization or one that is not registered with government or anything like that, that doesn't comply. That is a different chapter on its own. But, you know, looking at the despair part of it, you know, first and foremost is I think there is a, a notion of vanadan. Mm-hmm. Um, we are here, we, we're talking about belly checks and we, um, you know, we, we're making food for the rest of the people. But when is something going to happen that's going to give us, you know, that rope on which we can hang? Uh, um, so they're all sort of eager and they, now they're saying, right, fine, now we're free from drugs. But what now? What now? So, so that's the first thing, you know, that hits you cold. Whether you at a, you know whether you are anywhere you know at whatever rehab that you are at, 
you know. Um, I can certainly remember when I went here to Cape Town Drug Counseling Center, Shaida. I was sitting on the bench and I must say I was quite an, of an age already. I think I was about 30, 39. And the person came past, uh, one of the assistants there came past and said to me, uh, why are you still sitting? And I said, no, I'm waiting for my injection. And they said, no, but there's no injection. You must come here for therapy. And I didn't quite understand, you know. Um, and I understand it all too well now that I am well, you know. So a person needs to understand what makes the person not understand what you are saying at that particular time of intervention. And what our expectations are compared to what the expectations are, because we're talking of two, two different frame of references here, you know. So, you know, the one sees a match, but the match that I see is soccer, and the other person is saying, no, this is tennis. So, um, you can't understand why there are two players on the field when there should be 11 players on the field. So, the whole thing becomes clouded, you know. Um, and so on. So these are the things that actually sort of like makes it worse, you know, that, that sort of like makes the, makes the understanding of the addict a bit worse and, and, and sort of you sort of tend to flare up and say, but can't you any fastani? And so the, the, the thing here is, you know, is that first of all, uh, like I mentioned, that we are in two different frame of references. And we're playing two different kinds of games. And so a person needs to really, you know, understand where that person is coming from initially. We must also bear in mind that from my own self, where I, you know, a drug anesthetizes a person's emotions. So if you're talking to the person that is drugging, you know, please let us just understand one thing. He'll say, yes. And amen to everything, you know. But the important thing is that we've got to continue the person not going back onto drugs. And you've got to make, uh, a, the, you know, there's got to be a conducive, um, what do they call it now? You've got to make the surroundings conducive, you know. So you also have got to calm down. The parent also has got to calm down and give space. You know, the space in which that, you know, the, the, the addict enters has to be conducive for, for, for healing, you know. And I, th I think this is critical, this discussion. And what it lends me to think is how important it is that both the addict as well as the family get help a little bit of therapy yes. because often it is very hard for a carer mm. to give space because they'd have given space for so long yes and so they're at the end of their tether mm. anything also sets them off very yes. quickly so like you said also th that that then is a critical point that is being uh, spoken about here the other is understanding the understanding of in the addict's mind and how that can look different in the carer's mind and mm. even the therapist. Mm. So if we do not understand, you know, how the addict is or, or their narrative, the story mm. they tell, how mm. they understand what it is that they're thinking of, then we cannot intervene in the best of way. Yes. 
So every intervention is to an extent specific to the person. Yes. Right. Um, I'm thinking of a book called A Mind at a Time, and it speaks about when we deal with children. Mm. But still, it's the same with, Mm. you know, when you're dealing with someone who is a drug addict Mm. and you want to have an intervention. Every intervention for every person needs to be specific Mm. to them. Therefore, one needs to first seek to understand in order to intervene in the best Mm. of way. But we need to take commercial news. When we come back, we will continue with this discussion. I'd like for us to look at the different, you know, we're talking about the void and then we also the what now, and then we'll be going into the intervention and how that can be multifaceted in terms of therapy, the healing, Mm. spirituality, Mm. other recreation if your drugging was because of recreational needs. So stay with us. Don't go away. Of course, we're back. I'm not sure whether that, you know, light was on while we were just chatting away remember that when we are uh, are off the air and you're listening to the ads Armin and I are speaking about the different things that we you know need to speak more about when we are on the air Mm. so we're talking about mindsets um, and how the mindset that is possibly in despair Mm. of the drug addict or the feeling of feeling so helpless and so hopeless even though they're not drugging at yes. that time you know Shayla, if there's something i just need to clarify uh, clarify you know um i'm not saying here that the caregiver must try to listen to the recovering person mm-hmm. i'm saying that the caregiver must try to have an adult vision mm-hmm. about the recovery of you know the the recovering person um far you know too many times we've got the scenario where the caregiver becomes subjective in his thoughts because obviously of course they are you know they are so you know like sending the child off to a rehab is like now the last resort at least economic worry on the kissing a towel um Muhammad is no das or Amin is no rehab. I can start living again. I can Relax. hang out my clothing again. So, you know, the parent wanting to sit, send the child off to a rehab is for one reason. Maybe, at, you know, for, for like having some time off from all these horrible things that are taking place. On the other hand, the recovering person is also like... I I wanted to get into a rehab simply because of the geography that I was facing. It was particularly cold. I needed something warm. I was looking bad. Uh, you know, um, I couldn't make it out anymore. So therefore, I had to get back into some place warm, and I had to do some convincing to my sisters and so on. So there's various reasons why people enter a certain program, and so. No sooner do we enter a program, then what happens is that we now sort of say, that fine, I can, so suddenly it's like magic, you know, like we sort of feel, um, we don't need all this crap anymore. We can actually do this on our own. 
we don't need help and so that thought process comes into mind and into play and so what happens is you start thinking you know um you sort of having you sort of have this aloof you know tendency of saying i know it all and so on and once you start doing that then you've lost the plot but i think his key uh, is you know when i came out of all of this type of thing the first thing that i said was i'm to learn to keep my mouth shut and let's see if that's going to work and the important thing i think that needs to happen with all addicts since we are so far removed from emotion because that's what drugs does it removes our emotional self be like i heard my best friend passed away i wasn't even sad for months only afterwards you know when i started becoming clean and not taking drugs anymore or chemically you know becoming dependent i'm say independent chemically you know i sort of then started feeling oh allah this is actually what happened and so on so basically when people ask you it's your next gevoel in dit vir jou ma en vir jou pa nie you know um dink jy nie wat hulle deur gaan nie you know it becomes such a statement you know that you can't actually you know you can't stuff like fathom it because you don't even know why the person is scolding at you you know because you you lost with you know your emotions are not not there so the important thing here is that in order to have a successful sobriety life you need to for a long period of time first stay off drugs without having to ask any question you know that's what i did i first stayed off drugs for a long period of time before i sort of wanted to discuss the validity the validity of the program and i think that was a blessing for me because no sooner did i you know just like they would say keep your trap shut don't say anything if people say to you go to work you just go to work raise your money you give off your money and so that you know it makes you humble you know it takes it robs you it robs you from your ego your arrogance at least for me that is what it did to me right and i th- i think you know it's it's wonderful that you are speaking about it because one knows that it seems in the picture of the drug addict that it would feel for the onlooker for the carer for the onlooker for people in their lives it would feel as if they're very arrogant mm-hmm. like you said that absence of feeling mm-hmm. would almost feel like they're arrogant mm-hmm. but in fact it can actually be something a little bit different it's mm-hmm. not quite arrogance at that time mm-hmm. it's rather that they're not able to feel the way we would like them to feel or we we can't express them yeah, we to can't, feel yeah i can't express myself adequately you know yeah uh, uh you know i can't express myself and and 
You know, last night I met a group of people and I was talking to them about what denial stands for. Mm -hmm. And it's important what you've just mentioned about expression. Right. And I think we need to take commercial news. When we come back, then we will ask Armin to continue with his explanation and, and to focus a little bit on denial. Stay with us. Metro Food Center on Krumbum Road offers an amazing and rich food experience. Home to the Metro Masala Sandwich and Fresh Juices Center. Enjoy our chicken tikka or come and relax at our Brasini coffee shop and enjoy anything from curries to Belgian waffles or you can simply chill at Arabian Nights Uka Lounge and Grill. All this at one center, Metro Food Center. Find us below the Krumbum Bridge close to Shal Garage in Randabosh East. Phone 021-696-9159. Divorce in Perspective, a new series every Saturday between 5 and 6 p.m. with your host, social worker Shahida Khan in the studio. Have you just been through a divorce? Are you going through a divorce or thinking of divorce? Or do you know someone who is? Then tune in and listen up. Divorce in Perspective unpacks all aspects of divorce from the stigma to child maintenance and custody battles. We look at South African law, Islamic law and related legal issues. The difference between fasakh and talaq and so much more. Divorce in Perspective, every Saturday between 5 and 6 p.m. Live from Cape Town, this is the Voice of the Cape. 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 And I'm speaking with Amin Mohammed, and our focus is drugs and the various aspects of drug addiction. So, just before the break, we um, Amin said, "How do we understand? How does Amin understand denial?" Also, we spoke in the break time. We spoke about how, because there's a disconnectedness with feelings, and there's almost a mistrust that happens. That often the drugging person, and even when they clean, will will experience self-imposed isolation mm. and so they kind of remove themselves and disconnect from their family it's very hard to, yes. to connect again yes mm? you know Shayla so so I was talking to this group of people last night and um, I was explaining to them what denial means for me and and you know like if you take the word denial d-e-n-i-a-l you know it's become a sort of acronym where we say, don't even know I am lying. Now, as fantastic as that sounds, you know, it also means, you know, I am unable to express who I really am. You know, I am in Muhammad. I cannot express myself adequately. So I deny myself that freedom of expression. And so I inflict onto myself, right, a removal or self-inflicted removal from a certain community and now I place myself you know 
as I say somewhere else, where I am able to feel comfortable mm-hmm. and where I am able to express myself adequately. Yes. yes. So I can't express myself here, but certainly I can express myself there. And so, and that I think impacts also on the difficulty when a person is clean, mm-hmm. and you're recommending that they do not go back to their friends. Yes. But it's so hard for them to be within their family, mm. within the, let's in inverted commas, the mm. normal society where mm. they came from. Mm. Um, there seemed to be a vacillation back to the friend's base like because there's a sense of safety there. Yes, it's like the movie Back to the Future. You just go simply, you know, it's like a vicious type of cycle. Right. Yes. So th- the first thing that I think that the person needs to do, you know, and this is certainly what I did when I had this period of sort of saying to myself, keep your mouth shut. Don't say a word. Mm-hmm. Try to just say this, that I need to stay off drugs like they said to me. And then I will then start realizing, you know, the right from the wrong and so on. Because there was a period of time, you know, when the police used to come to where I used to stay at the merchant's place. And I should think to myself, why don't you just leave us alone? We must not harming anybody. Why don't why do people come and break down our doors? You know? And and suddenly I couldn't understand this, but I from where I'm sitting today, mm-hmm. I can see it all the more clearly the wrong idea that I had, you know? And so I, I, I look at myself and I say to myself, I mean how did you not arrive from there to to where you are at now? Right. You know? Yes. And so I can empathize and I can sort of see myself. I saw myself in a myriad of people, you know, today in the 40 boys that I saw today. And I saw a little bit of I'm in there and a little bit of I'm in that one because I asked the questions, you know, what do we do? And I think... Don't you find because you've walked the road and it's it's a real road, you know, mm. and because I think people carers who mm. legitimately they tired, they saddened, um, they feel aggrieved. It's just hard, mm. but it's so in that hardship let's call it that way that they find the carers and the the people who love you find themselves in it's hard then for them to step out of their shoes again yes and now have to see what is your journey like yes it's really hard so at the end of the day you find that both and that's why i recommend therapy for both because both are in pain differently yes and and in different frames of references You know, um, you know, Shahida, if I can just say this, I think I mentioned it last week, where this chap said, you know, I took drugs because, not because of recreation, I took drugs because I was in constant pain. Mm-hmm. And, and you know, that spoke volumes to me. It told me a, a story, you know, uh, that I can easily relate to and so on and but the important thing that I want to get onto is we can't stagnate mm-hmm. we've got to move forward and we've got to forge ideas and forge ways forward also okay. just a thought because I'd like you to speak about it as well 
one one has to acknowledge the pain of the past because mm. it's real it mm. it's happened mm. but at some stage you need to make the shift to say i can be i can be held um almost i'm frozen mm. in that space of pain mm. and i'm drugging mm. to to kind of deal with it and survive mm. or i can step out of it and do something about it do yeah. something different mm. to drugging to mm. heal the pain yes i think you know the the other thing that keeps us back as drug addicts is you know change even for normal people it's not something that goes off very well mm-hmm. with people mm-hmm. so even if they've got to change a job even if they you know instead of traveling by train they've now got to travel by car or by bus um these are the type of changes you know that sort of like people sort of think hey i'm not feeling too comfortable with that type of thing you know if you are walking with a soap every single day and suddenly your job now demands that you must now put on a jeans and a pair of tackies you're going to feel uncomfortable for a very very long time and i think people need to understand you know how to make it comfortable for the person that is embracing this type of change how to make it comfortable and that doesn't come cheaply mm-hmm. it doesn't come cheaply at all mm-hmm. but that is not with sending the understanding that we sowed a trail of destruction so we've, we've we've got to pay for that but i'm coming back to this point where you know um so i've been able to be off drugs for a certain period of time and suddenly my emotion starts to come back and so on and i hope that those people that are struggling with drug addiction are actually listening to this because you know the frame of time that we've got as drug addicts i go into a rehab three weeks later a program and now i'm suddenly i'm now supposed to be dealing with it i you know? i also take issue with the fact yes. that unfortunately yes. the reality mm. is the short period, period. going yeah. into rehab yes. but certainly that in itself poses huge, huge. challenges yes. i i so agree and, and with so that. and so you know shayda uh, because it's it's three weeks you must mm. remember that addict thinks Shaida Kali is now most a, a therapist and she's now only got this program for three weeks. Mm. So obviously within three weeks I must must now get it right. Mm-hmm. And I'm at the KTC for I think they've got a 10 week program there or 8 week program. So it must be after that then I must be okay. What nonsense is this guy talking about two years clean and I've got to do this and that. So um you know it's also what we do as you know as responsible people and how they sort of like hala hang up us lippe hala hang up us and and so sort of like what type of sense of idea uh, we are giving to their healing process so that's one other thing and so i kept like I, i keep on coming back to this period of you know keeping my mouth shut and sort of then moving on and you know then shahida the most smartest things started happening I started talking normally. I didn't see like a jug that I see uh, as a form of value that I can just stick under my thing, under my cloak and take it away. Um I've you know we used to talk about is you seen ek vir 'n ander ou geskiel, ek dom lekker geskiel, you know? Our skills must now change to something of real of having real skill om 'n ambag te kry. 
how to bake some biscuits maybe, how to become a culinary chef, how to do some carpentry, or how to become just an ordinary driver. You know, even if it is that you're going to do remedial things, drivers that are taking big truckloads to Namibia and stuff like that, they're earning 14, 15,000 rands a month. But you that's sitting at home, waiting for better days, earning nothing. And also an, uh, an important point, when people are, I saw a mom in this week and she said, all my son does is, and you know, he's lying with his laptop and I, and I hear this picture from others as well. And he's watching all these series and he's watching all these movies and he's applying for jobs and then he just sits. Mm-hmm. And you know, there isn't an inclination to want to really, really do something, even if it's something that I need to yes. do with my hand. Even if I have to go walk down the road and say, well, if I've washed three cars today, I would have earned 150 rands but or you so. S- you see, Shaida, there's something big that robs us from our dignity, mm-hmm. and that is a sense of entitlement. Mm-hmm. You know, I send out my CV. I'm saying, what must I do? Uh, the government is talking about 4 million people being without jobs and I am one of that 4 million people. So it's okay. Do you see that? So I am okay. I'm one of those 4 million people. And so it's not only me. I'm part of a larger group. Mm-hmm. You know? So uh, sort of I become part, not of me. I don't sort of look at me as an individual. I, I say to myself, I can sit with my laptop. There's a chap I know that lies on his side, okay? And he doesn't even lift up his head from bed, or from the bed, and he pulls in his, you know, his CVs and he sends it off, you know, to all these different companies. How in heaven's name are you gonna get a bloody job, sir? Well, I also think, you know, I mean, today finding a job is very different to previous years where people could take in a CV, mm. could make contact with mm. an Im- a possible employer and I think it was perhaps a little bit easier that time. But in the once you've applied, mm. are there other things that you need to do? So we ne- one needs to look at are there other options? And instead of only looking at things one dimensional and mm. also the giving yourself permission then <coughs> to sit behind the the, the laptop mm. because I've most applied. So mm. if I have applied I can just sit and wait. Mm. And if it doesn't happen then I've got permission mm. to sit and wait, you know. And often you see the struggle of even contributing to the home mm. um, in terms of cleaning. So mom mm. could be working and dad could be working mm. and this person at home doesn't take responsibilities at home to try and make it easier mm. for those people who are actually he doesn't working, contribute doesn't really con- mm. contribute within his labor or even financially yeah and i can tell you straight you know that i was i am guilty of that myself i never contributed to my family you know whether it was financially or in my labor mm-hmm. okay and you know i can i i you know, I, I I don't even know how to describe how I feel right now, having just said that. You know, uh, it's painful for me. You know, um, Shahida, but it's a it's a pain that sort of tells me never again, never ever 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 again. 
by Allah, it must never ever happen again. Inshallah, but, inshallah. But, but also, does it also does this pain also propel you to want to do better, to want to make up, oh, to yes, want to definitely. really, you know, show definitely. that that there's remorse and yes. and wanting to be good, to want yes. to extend goodness. Yes, you know, um, you know, Shahida. Um, if you're going to do good because you want to show off and suffer, then there's no substance in what you are doing. Um, I do whatever I am able to do, you know, in my own capacity, you know, because I know, I feel I, I've, I can, I want to give something back, you know, uh, instead of like, and therefore I speak about myself, you know, and I'm sort of like dissecting myself. And I'm understanding myself better all the time. And I just want to give the listeners an analogy of what I was thinking about this afternoon. You know, if my child comes to me and says to me, Daddy, like she sometimes does, Tashrika, um, she will come to me, Daddy, can't I have a ten rand? And I ask her, sometimes I will just give her a ten rand. I'm just thinking about this idea. And so she buys some books and she invites some of her friends over and says, I've got a small library and you must come and read my books and so on. How do you think I would feel? Obviously, I'll feel good. Of course. Okay. And if she comes to me next time and she says, Daddy, the library is now becoming bigger and there's more children wanting to come and read my books, Daddy. So can I perhaps have a 50 rand? The Salvation Army is selling a lot of you know, books and so on. I just want, I just need 50. I'll give her a hundred rands. Okay. But if that same person, but Allah, I say, please protect her. Inshallah. If she comes and she takes money and she says to me, Daddy, uh, I need money. Yeah. You know, can I as a father give her money? I can't. I cannot. I will refuse to give her money. Now, with Allah Ta'ala, it's the same. You know, he doesn't give us anything in our hands if he knows that you are not ready, you know, to assimilate it or to distribute it properly. And that is just my take on it. I think perhaps also the yeah. thought that comes to mind, and thank you for sharing that, particularly the analogy between, you know, if your daughter came to ask you for, for different purposes. Mm. Because when we, we speak about the, the difficulty of parents mm. when they are confronted with it and when the child comes and asks for money and mm. you feel so bad to have to say no, mm. but that there are times when the better thing is for you to say no mm. and you have to be strong within yourself. For me also the thought of if in this process you are dealing with those 40 boys as well and with others who are listening, one wants to almost just say, can there be the thought of Allah has a plan and a picture of and gives us an enormous amount of the possibility of resources that we can, you know, have and be and so on, the potential that we have. If we can try to see the part that we play in mm. taking agency in doing mm. in changing it takes courage you said people are very fearful of change it is true mm. to be a surviving addict mm. if one wants to call it that mm. way 
takes courage. Yes. Because you have to walk your road of change mm. and you have to feel the consequences of your actions because yes. people will not make it easier for you. And I know we need to take commercial news. Let's hold the thought and we will take commercial news first. Stay with us. Shahida Kali and I'm speaking with Amin Mohammed and our focus is drugs and we need to get our computer going so that we can check whether there are any SMSs. Remember you can SMS us on the SMS line 47913 with your questions or your comments. So here change is fearful it takes courage similarly separately differently it takes courage to continue the caring um, of a person who would, you would have ex experienced had let you down for mm. many, many, many years. Mm -hmm. And one commends the carers, one commends those moms or family or dads who will say, I never stopped making dua. Yes. I never gave up. Hunt and slan uh, mm. adult can mm. you know because they don't know what to do anymore mm -hmm. and it's hard for them some of them are already you know older more mature so and then they feel so distraught and they saw me eat the child you know that type of thing and you your heart goes out to those carers and those carers will say and then i plead with allah yeah, Allah, please give guidance, give mm. insight, give judgment, help this child, mm. you know, that the shift must come. Mm. So one commends those carers, isn't it, you know, for, for not giving up, for for hanging in there. Yes, uh, I think it's, it's you know, the sword is sort of like double-edged. It's so double-edged, double isn't edged, it? Yeah. Yes, because you, on the one side you can commend them, and on the other side you can hate them, you know, because... Um, you can commend them, say, you know, just for having the resilience of standing with the loved ones. And then you can have, you can be angry with them for being, you know, with them for too long a period for of time. so long. Yes. And it's very hard. And, and yeah. I understand where you're coming from and what you're mm. explaining. Mm. Wow, if I put, you know, parents here in this room now, I've in this week had spoken with a mom. I mean, that child has just Rupted her family so badly, you mm. know, um, that the dad is in such a state that he mm. runs away from home because mm. he cannot take how his daughter completely disrupts the home. She mm. goes completely, she loses it, you mm. know, and really goes into a bad state. Mm. And that mom has not had the the ability or the decision to actually decide what now. Yes. Do I allow this one child you, to you, break up and terrorize the family or do I make a decision about how I'm going to deal with the child? Um, you know, so 
it's really I see how hard it is. Yes, and really and how desperate how people are, how desperate the person is, yeah. and so on. Yeah, and how you know the person's life is sort of like filled with despair. And uh, therefore, my recommendation always: therapy, support mm, groups, mm. like you, you know, initially right in the beginning, you would say educate yourself around mm. it, find out what you can do, find out what helped others, mm. um, how did they bring about change, mm. how did they become stronger, you mm. know, and, and this you is see, not but about but stopping see, Shaida, to make du'a and, yes, and all of such. But you, you see, know, Shaida, what actually prevents? A sort of um, from the caregivers' point, what prevents them from taking the proper steps initially when they discover that their child is on drugs? Is a total type of stigmatization of the whole thing. Uh, you know the silence. You know, put the cap on it. Don't talk about it. Let us do it our way. And sort of, they cannot even go to a therapist because. Um, but well, so I was on. going to say, it's yes. the, the sadness in one understands yeah. it, I mean, yeah. it's actually a, such a sore thing, mm. and it's about me as a parent, mm. and what will they think about me? Yes. If I were to tell you that I have a drugging son and mm. he's doing this, that, and the other, mm. or I'm having all these difficulties in my home, how will you look at me? Mm. Will you now think lesser of me? Yes. Will you think it's whatever all, you're thinking? Yeah, it's, it's all about being accepted in 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 society and what society and it's it's the so so certainly internalized stigma mm. then also of course you know that there is also externalized stigma where people will mm. isolate those mm. families yes. in the past today it's a lot easier it's a lot better in the past it was harder so and then of course comes with that picture would be the guilt even if it's dysfunctional guilt yes. in in terms of I don't have to be guilty, but I am, mm. you know. So, so having said that, and I think perhaps in our next program we should focus a lot more on the carer mm. and and what would be helpful in terms of those types of feelings that they're going through. I'd want us to just go back in the time that we have over to look at thought change for the addict in terms of the intervention. If I did use the drugs for recreation. If I did use it because I was hurting so much, what are your thoughts in terms of, and right now I'm drug-free, but what next? What would be helpful thoughts for people who are now clean? What could they do? How could they think that would be helpful? You know, to my mind, if you are clean for a considerable period of time, I think you need to sit down. And then you need to sort of take out a piece of paper mm -hmm. and a pen and then you start jotting down what your aims and objectives are. When I get out of here, uh, what am I going to do? Because, you know, they don't have anywhere to go. And if they do happen to go, they go back to Mama's place and the same type of, within two weeks, if not shorter, the same type of, you know, thing happens. So they've got to take the opportunity of saying I need a pen I need a paper and they start need to need to start like jot down exactly what they intend doing with their lives um, I think enough is being said about the despair part and all of that but just moving forward now right I think 
there's enough books that a person can read. You know, one is called um, Addictive Thinking, a brilliant book by Tversky, Abram Tversky, where he explains a lot of this, you know, uh, you know, I like say the different type of um, um, frame of references that people are in the concept of time. Uh, what does projection do and stuff like that? So the addict can actually start learning about this through active reading and so on. And the next thing that the person needs to do is having a healthy attitude towards life, getting up in the morning, praying. If you're Christian or, or Muslim or whatever, but just sitting down and praying, uh, those would be good contributing factors that will allow you to sort of like be on the uh, on on the correct path of recovery. So what you're saying is there needs to be an attitude of gratitude, also yes. of thankfulness. Yes. So therefore, I pray because I'm thankful. Yes, and and apart from that is, you know we your you know, the lifestyle that you've had, mm-hmm. getting up late in the morning, uh, it's 12 o'clock, at, you know, in the morning, half past 11, uh, you go to the kitchen, open up the fridge, now you want to eat, then your day starts, actually, and so on. So you've got to leave all of that behind, you know. Brushing your teeth in the morning becomes a chore for you. Seeing that your jeans is clean and proper and that you got proper iron clothing becomes a chore for you. Seeing that you bath at night becomes a chore for you. I think also the the, you know. the there's a bad habit of watching TV and movies till two o'clock, three o'clock, o'clock. and therefore that whole cycle of and then yes. I get up at twelve. Yes, and it's an unproductive cycle. You know, people who are contributors to society in a healthy manner. Mm will rise with the with you know early to rise early to bed type of thing idle time idle time idle time and it and part i think boredom Mm. boredom Mm. is a huge enemy Mm. as well you know to fill the time so even if i'm not working Mm. there are other things that can be done so what one is saying is and you mentioned and i would um support that to write down a list of what is it that I need to change? So you mm. need to look at it and break it up in different boxes as well. The other thing too would be um, what f- for me in terms of maintenance, mm. when I'm maintaining mm. sobriety, what are the things mm. I should do? What are the things I should avoid? Mm. What are my risks? What are my cues? What do I put in place when I have a craving, perhaps? So that also needs a, a plan in place, yes. which is very useful to if have. If I've got the right Arabic word for it, um, Shahida, it's called istikama. Mm-hmm. Consistency. Yeah. Yes. You know, Shahida, a recovering person or a person that's going to do well with recovery must have istikama. And if you have that, you are well on your way, you know. If you make your salah on time, if you get up on time, if you eat on time, if you drink on time, if you study on time, yeah. I'm telling you, you are well on your way of leading a different kind of life. Right. Away from all those harms yes. and all those other things. And I, I think also discipline so one really thinks about for example 
performing the salah and performing it in its time, performing it, for example, if you're in the masjid in a sof, those are all... It's, it's all subtle mm. contributors to discipline, consistency, mm. taking back goodness and, and normalcy in that That's way. Right. We have an SMS that had come through, and it's very, very little time. Mm. Um, you know, I, in fact, three SMSs, I'm not sure why. Sometimes people SMS much later into the program, then mm. it's hardly time for us to respond. I can respond after the 10 o'clock news because I don't think we're going to get to any of these um, SMSs to respond to them because I'd like to share your cell phone number mm. on the air as well. But let me read some of them. It says, I did some things wrong three years ago, but still stayed together, still love my wife. Please help. So I'm not sure whether it is about the remorse the person wants help. That's a question I think I can deal with after the 10 o'clock news if the person can stay tuned. Then there is another question that says, Salam, young married couple, both addicted to heroin. They need urgent help. Um, urgently needs help but can't afford rehab. Okay, so that I think is a critical question to very quickly say. There are two options that immediately stands to mind as a start mm. of getting help that isn't going to really cost them anything. Um, the one is Nicro because mm. they have different uh, programs and it is free. And um, they will assess you. They will you you go for a proper assessment to Nicro. That's immediately the one option. So Nicro's telephone number is is listed in the book. I don't have my list of telephone numbers with me. It's it's um, listed, or you can phone one o two three and get them to give you Nicro's number. The other number to phone would be the Cape Town Drug Counselling Centre. Um, that those numbers too you can get in the telephone directory or you can get it from 1023 and ask them. So because there is help that needn't cost you any money, the first step is to make contact to mm. get help, to mm. get an appointment to go to get help. Yes. Um, another SMS, and I just want to see if there's anything that you'd like to contribute, uh, alhamdulillah, for this program tonight, because just this afternoon my son asked me to help him go to a rehab and all I could tell him, but I have no money, so Kanala, can you help me with him? He's married and stays with me, his mom, and two children. Please help my brother. He's an active user. Now his wife <coughs> has thrown him out. doesn't have a job, and I don't have a place to give him. Okay, so I think to, to bring it together, in fact, mm. we need to go to the news at 10. I'm going to promise to... Um, give your cell phone number after the 10 o'clock news. We need to go to the news at 10. Let me greet. Shukran and assalamu alaikum. Amin Muhammad. Wa alaikum assalam. Jazakallah shukran.